Hey there, this is Joel with the Path Design Podcast. Just reminding you that these specific videos that you are about to hear are much better viewed on YouTube because they hold images, pictures, photographs, slides that kind of depict everything we'll be talking about in this specific episode. And so keep that in mind as you listen that you might want to go to our YouTube channel. Just search Path Design Podcast on YouTube. And that way you will be able to see the images that depict what we're going to talk about so you get a more full picture of what is discussed here in this episode. Thank you for listening. Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for joining us today for another video edition. The videos just keep coming out. And uh, today you may wonder, well, why are you sitting off to the side? Well, we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, but I just want to take a brief second and thank you for, for watching and for listening. If you're over at pathdesign.com where all the audio versions of these episodes land. And, uh, there's a lot of content there and a lot of content now on our, on our YouTube channel. You're always welcome to go through and email us at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com about anything that you might watch or, or listen to on the program that you have some questions about, some concerns um, as I'm always saying, we are open to dialogue, critiques even, correction. We are not above it. We don't promote anything here that is flawless doctrine because we know absolute truth. We're all learning. We're all in different places of our journey. And, and the goal is, is to move along this, this path of walking as Yeshua Messiah. In His likeness, in, in the sanctification process of our life, moving into... Whatever lies before us and whatever increment it comes that we are presently traveling according to, whatever pace individually, individually we are presently. And so that's our goal here, is, is to have a program where we regularly bring forward, bring to the table a lot of things that within the Christian church are not being addressed, have not been taught correctly. And our goal is not to just correct and scold the errant doctrine church, but rather to inform all of us to study to show ourselves approved and not continue to just carry on the the religious worldly patterns of, of many doctrines and teachings of Christianity. Um, and that being said, today specifically we're going to talk about a topic that is very unheard of in, in the Christian church. And that is a matter of what in the world can we eat? What can we eat? Now, many people might say from the very beginning, that does not matter. Why in the world does that matter? Well, here's the thing, and we're just going to set the table and get right into the text in Acts chapter 10 today. The fact that this is never discussed, never brought up in just modern grace of, of Jesus who undid the law. We talk about that all the time. He undid everything that preceded him that the Father put into place except for the covenantal blessings and promises that we always say is quite ironic. But he did away with anything that we have to abstain from or not do other than just like just simple elementary things like, you know, lusts and, you know, all these types. They, those things continued. But we have just, let's just be honest, the church that I've known in my entire life has just they pick and choose what we do and what we don't do now in Jesus, post-cross, post-Acts, church. 
And as we've been doing as of late, we're undoing a lot of these errant teachings we've been handed. Now, now we did a whiteboard the other day, and that's about where we're, we're that's where we are about to get to. We're going to use Acts chapter 10 and the account of Peter to explain just one one text now, because there's many that are debatable that that present in just a, a, a casual observer will read it and say, okay, I can eat whatever I want now. Next. And there's really no, there's no deeper thinking to these things. Why? Let's just be honest. Can we just be honest, people? <laughs> because you and I want to eat bacon. We want to eat pork chops. We want to eat whatever we want to eat because, daggone it, I'm free in Jesus. I can do what I want now. <laughs> And I know that's an arguable point, and most people would say that's not their heart's intention. That's not why they do what they do. But man, we have to be honest and really look at our hearts and avail ourselves to, is there any wicked way in me towards what I have been taught I am allowed to do in Jesus? And so we're going to talk about just one account now, just one. We could, we could line them up and make this another seven, eight-part series. I have no intentions of doing that presently. I don't know where we're headed. But today what we're going to do is just Acts chapter 10 alone. And what we're going to do is I'm going to put a, an, an image up here um, on, on the screen, and I'm going to ask you to not read ahead, to not just, okay, there's his points, verse 9, verse 11, verse 13. I'm going to ask you to not do that, to try to refrain from that, because if, if you do that, you might miss just kind of the line by line that I would like to present. We're going to read Acts chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 10. Now, now some of this stuff, versions matter. Versions matter. This is why what we read and what we study does matter. And so we're going to look at this just real briefly. Just see how long this takes. We're just kind of topically go through Acts chapter 10 in, in this account. Okay, so so what we're talking about right now is is... When we posted this on our whiteboard the other day, there, there are always people who, who might read what we present here and be like, what? I've never heard that before. They might post a, an image with the wide open mouth like, what? Why hasn't anyone ever said this to me through this understanding? And so if you know anything about the Bible, and if you don't, we're going to just topically do a big circle, and then we're going to come right back down and read the text. But in this text, it's a very common scripture. I've heard it innumerable times about the discussion, not the argument now, the discussion about can we, are we free in Jesus to eat what we want? And most people will hit the gas and floor it straight to Acts chapter 10, where Peter has a vision, a trance. And, again, we're just going to go a quick circle and come back to the text. A, a sheet descends, and on the sheet are all these animals. We're going to get to the specifics. And the, the, the voice of the Lord, if you will, comes and says, kill and eat. Peter, we know, says, no, I can't. It's repeated three times. It's okay. What, what, has, what Yahweh has cleansed? No longer consider it common, profane. We talk about profane a lot here on the program. And so a lot of people stop right there. And this, most people who have this approach that, that something changed in Acts chapter 10 about what we can eat, 
stop right there and don't read the rest of the entire text. If we stop right there, I understand the doctrine. If we stopped right there at, I believe it's verse 15 or 16, okay, done deal. He sees animals on a sheet. Yahweh says, what I've cleansed, no longer consider it profane. It's repeated three times. Okay, eat what you want. Changing of the times, which is very odd, and we'll talk about why that's an, a ludicrous proposal, really. But the culmination of the text, Peter has a revelation, if you will, because he's perplexed in the middle, and he says, what? I've not understood the word of the Lord. I was, I was confused. Well, let's just go ahead and get to the text. So there's, we're going to have to get to this, and we're going to have to move quickly. I'll read some, and I'll paraphrase the rest. Um, there's this man named Cornelius. Cornelius is a very indi uh, interesting individual, and he's a centurion. He's a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, and he gave many alms to the Jewish people. He gave gifts of charity to them. He, he was benevolent to the Jews. Um, he prayed to God continually, okay? This is, there's a lot to this. We're not going to be able to get to all these points. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel. Now, this is 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, there, this is going to become significant in moments because he was praying at a certain time unto a certain purpose. 9 a.m., noon, and 3. In this here, in verse 3 of chapter 10, he is praying to God, in the ninth hour, three o'clock, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come into him and said his name, Cornelius. And fixing his gaze upon him and being much alarmed, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers, your alms to the Jews, they've, they have ascended as a memorial before Yahweh. And now send some men to Joppa and send for a man named Simon, Kepha, who is also called Peter. He's staying with a certain tanner, also named Simon, whose house is by the sea. So the angel departs, and um, Cornelius gets his servants and sends them on their way. He explains to them what happened in the vision that he had during prayer at 3 o'clock, and he sends them off the next day. And so they go up, and verse 9, they're approaching the city. Peter went up. Now, this is simultaneous. Peter when these men are on their way, is going up onto the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. Okay, so the sixth hour is the noon prayer. Okay, again, nine, noon, three. Cornelius was praying at three. The very next day, Peter, he is on his housetop praying at noon. And so, interestingly enough, he becomes hungry, and he's desiring something to eat, but while the food's being made, he falls into a trance. Now, this word is an interesting word in the Greek. It, it's, it's related to, like, this state of ecstasy. He's kind of, it talks about an, an altered state of mind. He's outside of his natural mind. He's having a, a spiritual, heavenly encounter now. A lot of people don't like talking about that stuff, and they don't think it's biblical. We need to hold that rightly. Just because men are crazy and ruin everything does not mean these things are not true. Okay, so he's having this trance, and he... he and he beheld the sky opened up, and a certain object, like a great sheet, was coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. And there were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Peter, and said, Arise, Peter, 
kill and eat. Okay? This is when it gets interesting. Because what does Peter say? What does Peter... We're going to get to all these verse by verse, so let's just keep reading. Peter says to this voice, By no means, Lord, I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. I've never had uncommon, unclean animals in my mouth. Verse 15, the voice comes to him again a second time. What God has cleansed, no longer consider, what? Common, unholy. This happened three times in verse 16, and immediately the object was taken up into the sky, into the heavens. Now Peter was greatly perplexed in mind as to what the vision that he had seen might be, okay? He knows what it's not, friends. He knows what it's not. We're going to get to that. I'm, boy, I'm, I'm ready to go here. He's perplexed in mind as to what the vision which he had seen might be. He didn't know what it was. He did not know what it meant. Behold, as he's doing this, pondering, perplexed in mind about what the vision might be, the men who had been sent by Cornelius appeared at the gate, calling out, asking whether Simon, who was called Peter, was staying there. While Peter was reflecting on the vision, the Spirit, capital S, said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Arise, go downstairs, go with them, for I've sent them myself. Peter goes down, he goes with the men. After he says, Why are you here? And they answer, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, who prayed, who, who was pleasing in the sight of the Lord, he has this vision. Anyway, he was directed, divinely directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house and to hear a message from you. So he invited them in, he gave them lodging. So I fast forward a little bit. So he goes with them. The next day they go. And verse 25, when it came about that Peter entered Cornelius's house, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet, worshipped him. Peter says, what are you doing? I'm just a man like you. Get off the floor. There was an honor there. Why? We don't have time for all that. As he talked with him, he entered and he found many people assembled. So he walks into this situation. I love talking about this. He walks into this situation where people are gathered to hear what Peter has to say. What is this man going to tell us? They're waiting in anticipation. I've taught on this before. I don't remember where or when. So he talks with them. And he says this in verse 28. You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew, me, Peter, to associate with a foreigner, you, Cornelius, all y'all, or to even visit him. Yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. And that is why I came without raising any objection when I was sent for. So I ask, for what reason have you sent me? So he, Cornelius reiterates what happened in the vision, how he was told to invite this man, uh, Peter. And so there's more to this story, but there, this, that's not applicable after this point. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go, again, please, please, don't go ahead, okay? We're going to talk about this verse by verse and keep this very simple. This is so simple. We, we, Spent a good amount of time in our home the other day talking about this with my son. Y'all, my son is nine and a half. He understands without any coercion or without any 
what does this really mean? And then I tell him what it really means as I ask him. Like, he understands this so clearly. Why? He's not been indoctrinated like you and I that somehow in our brains this was errantly taught to us to justify eating whatever we want. So free from that skew and free from that poor teaching, we can hear the simple truth in this scripture. It's simple now. Simple. Okay, so let's start going through this a little bit point by point. So, excuse me. Again, we're in Acts chapter 10. Let's just start out with verse 9. Okay, so um, Peter is praying, and it is the noon hour, and he goes into this trance. I jumped off a little bit, just just as you see here, Psalm 55, 17, and um, Daniel 6, 10. I didn't mark these, I should have. 55, 17. Evening and morning and at noon I will I will complain and murmur and he will hear my voice. There's there's this is several places in scripture about this evening, morning and at noon. Uh, a 9 noon and 3 prayer. Okay? Daniel in in chapter 6 verse 10, we just taught on him the other day. What was he doing? He went up to the rooftop after the edict was given at a set time. He's up in his house praying to the Father like he had always done at that time every day. So there is, a, there is an order to what Peter is doing, and there is an order to what Cornelius was doing as well. And both of them were seeking the counsel of the Lord as, again, we say, well, you can't be structured, you can't be legalistic, you can't just set times to do things or they're going to be empty and hollow. No, sir, that is not true. We've been duped to believe that, well, I'm just in the Spirit now. I'm just in the Spirit now. I pray all the time. We've been talking a lot about that. I worship all the time. I do whatever all the time because I'm filled with the Spirit now, brother. Well, in that in that exchange and in freedom, if you will, we become a wayward, lawless people who have no boundaries and no direction. I talk about that all the time. So, um, verse eleven. And so, Peter, let's let's just talk about this vision, this trance, a little bit. Verse eleven. He, Peter, beheld the sky opened up, and a certain object, like a great sheet, was coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. So just envision, if you will, this object. Some word studies get kind of tricky about exactly what it was. Some say a vessel. Some say an actual sheet was under the vessel. We could get distracted. Whatever the case, there are very likely fabric corners that are dangling and coming down. Now, for me, there are some zeet-zeet, Talit, prayer shawl and all that, tassels if you don't know what those are. Some some imagery here that, that we could get sidetracked easy and take an hour, but we're not going to do that. Um, but there's some interesting imagery. And so this four-cornered sheet thing descends in front of him and is covered with all kinds of animals. Okay, There were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth Birds of the air. When you study that verse specifically, it talks about all kinds, all sorts. Every type of creature is on this sheet in the vision that Peter is having. Okay, And we know from Leviticus chapter 11 what we are told we can eat and what we cannot eat. Now again, it's not just the strict 
back of the head, smacking around. Yahweh God saying, you can't have that. You can't have that. It is not that. It's that Yahweh God, for example, the pig, <laughs> without getting into a pig teaching, the pig was created by Yahweh to accomplish a purpose. It's, a, it's an earth cleaner. It will eat garbage. It will eat materials that are not food. It, it's disgusting. It, it, is a, it has a purpose, but its purpose was never to be ingested by humankind. Why? We won't even get into all the disgustingness and like where the veins are in a pig so it's hard to even kill it and all these things to the order of Yahweh Elohim and how he created even animals to function and to carry out a purpose for humanity. What is food? What is not? It does matter. But again, this is not just about a law of give me a list of what I can eat and what I can't. This is a, a, a beautiful order of the Father to say, I know what is good for you. I know what's right for you to eat. One of the things says, don't eat vultures. Well, I would never eat a vulture. That's disgusting. All right, we won't go down that line. These things matter, though. These things matter. And the, and the majority church perspective gets a lot of holes in it real quick when we talk, well, I would never eat that. Well, why? Because that's just gross. Well, Yahweh God also said, for perfect example, in that sense, the, the swine is gross. Why, why did Yeshua cast the demon spirits into the pigs? Oh, just because they happened to just be there. No, there was a reason why the unclean spirits were cast into the swine. Unclean animals, a perfect dwelling for the unclean fallen beings. Demon spirits. It's not just happenstance. Uh, where should I put them? Oh, there's some pigs over there, Jesus. Okay, go in there. There's a reason, friends. There's a purpose to this beautiful word of God and what, what we're told in every possible corner we look to. Okay, so next in verse 13 and 14, as you see on your screen here, this voice comes and says, kill and eat. Kill and eat. Okay, now this is clear. We know this is the Lord speaking. The spirit of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, brand it whatever we want to to understand it, but whatever the case, the Lord himself is saying to Peter, kill and eat. Now, why would he say that? We're going to talk about that. Peter's response is, makes it very clear. He understands that that's not okay. He understands that. Now, let's make a point real quick, and we'll keep moving. This, is Jesus, is this pre-cross? Pre, is this pre-ascension? Is this pre-Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 Pentecost? No then why would Peter said, I cannot eat that? Why had that not been changed already? Why hadn't that been already eradicated? It was after Jesus. Aren't we after Jesus? Well, it just hadn't happened yet. It happened here. What we're about to show, it didn't happen here. Why would, why would the Spirit of the Lord just randomly speak to Peter and say, I'm undoing everything about unclean animals right here, right now? Jesus didn't teach that. Jesus didn't eat pork. Well, that's because he was a Jew. It was cultural. No, it was not just cultural. It's not just mere culture. <laughs> it, was, it was the understanding of Yahweh's people do what Yahweh commands. And he said, don't eat it. And if you want to be Yahweh's people, you don't eat it. <laughs> I mean, it was not just mere culture. So Peter has the audacity, right, to, to, to respond to the command of the Spirit of the Lord and say, no, I will not eat it. 
I will not eat that. Now, why would he do that, friends? Because he knew, he knew that it opposed Yahweh Elohim's commands. He knew it was commanded him to not kill and eat what he was seeing right before his eyes. And so, okay, well, he's in disobedience. The Spirit of the Lord told him that. He was disobedient. He didn't do. He, he defied the word of the Lord. So there's something much more complex than what we've been told going on here. Okay, so let's talk about this for a moment. Now, on your board here, you see 1 Kings 12 and 13. 1 Kings 12 and 13, if you watch the program at all, is the account of the um, man of God and the old prophet. Now, if you remember from that teaching that we did, the, the, the old prophet lying to the man of God, says, an angel told me that you're supposed to come to my house and have dinner. Well, it was a lie. The man of God believed him and went. Now, what was the problem there? He disobeyed Yahweh's commands. He would have known that was a false prophet. He would have known that was a a false proposal from a lie, sourced in a lie, if what? If he had had the same filter that Peter had, which is, wait a minute, I know the commands of Yahweh. What is just coming to my ears cannot be right because it opposes Yahweh Elohim. It opposes Leviticus 11. It opposes what we do and don't do as his people. So something's wrong here, which what? Goes to why he was perplexed, which we will get to in a minute. Why was he perplexed? Because the Lord spoke something that opposed the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? But see, today, what do we do? What has the church done? We rationalize. We rationalize. Well, okay, this doesn't make sense together, so that means God changed his commands. In Jesus, God changed something because this doesn't make sense and we don't give ourselves to study for ourselves. We listen to what a preacher told us in 1975 and we change our, we modify our doctrine that even though that doesn't make sense to what I read, that's what he told me. And it becomes set in us like concrete footers until we go and study the scripture and say, is that really what that says? I'm telling you, man, people I love for, for a very long time run to that scripture. And this is new to us. We just stopped, we stopped eating pork only a year, what, 14, 15 months ago. Not long. Maybe not even that long. But when I started getting this for myself and reading this for what it said, Everything I've been told is wrong about this. This, what I've been told, what I've been carrying is my doctrine for 46 years. That's not even what that said. They never read 20, verse 27 and verse 28 in its proper context. They never even told me that part. Why? We want to eat what we want because our doctrine says, the Christian doctrine says, Free in Jesus, eat what you want. Do what you want. And like we've been examining according to the word of God, do Sabbath when you want. It's a do what you want gospel. Jesus has replaced the biblical Hebrew Yeshua Messiah, son of the living God, who did not eat pork, who kept feasts, kept Sabbath, and told his followers to go and do likewise because he said what? Do what I do. Do exactly what I do. Well, he didn't do these things. He'd never put pork to his mouth. Ever. One time. Ever. Well, it doesn't matter now. It's cultural. No. No. It was not mere culture. It was not mere culture because, again, Peter, post-Yeshua, 
post Acts chapter 2 ascension, said, I would never ever put that food in my mouth. Those animals, it's not food, we'll get to that too. I would never put the animals that are on that sheet in my mouth. He told the Spirit of the Lord now, the voice of the Lord, no, I won't eat it. Why? That opposes Yahweh's commands. And so, I won't do it. Now, verse 15 and 16. Did I read that in Galatians? Galatians 1.8, Even though we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Friends, we need to hear this because we have been taught a Jesus gospel that is not what Shaul Paul taught. That is not what Peter taught. That is not what the first century church was coming into. We've been taught a false Christian Messiah who who came and said, do what you want now because I'm so awesome and I undid the commands of my father. But guess what the problem has been? We've not been like Peter and been perplexed. We've not been perplexed. We just say, okay, Pastor Bill said I can eat it now. And it becomes our doctrine for the rest of our life. And friends, I was disobedient for my whole life, ignorant. Like I talked about the other day in our whiteboard, I was ignorant. By definition, I carried on a a tradition and a way that was handed to me without any knowledge of what the Word of God said itself. So when I study it for myself, I'm learning more. I'm learning literally, literally every day. The doctrine I was handed and taught is not true. It's idolatry. It's replacement theology all the way down. All the way down. So where are we? We are in uh, verse 15 and 16. Then we're going to bring this to a close. We'll make it a couple parts. Okay, so so Peter says, no way, by no means. One, one version says, no sir, exclamation point. I will not eat it. I've never eaten anything unholy, common, unclean in my life. So verse 15, the voice comes to him again a second time. Says what God has cleansed, no longer consider what? Unholy, common. And this happened three times in total, okay? And so this is very clear. We're going to pick up on verse 17 in part two. But but friends, please pay attention to what we're saying because I know this is odd to so many people. And that that, that really concerns me how like offensive this is. This is just the Bible, y'all. This isn't my opinion. This isn't opinion. <laughs> This is an opinion. This is not mere opinion. This is letting the Word of God define what is right and good instead of our own doctrinal opinion. (laughs) I don't care if I love the taste of bacon. The morning I'm eating bacon before going to a Shabbat Saturday service where we had just started coming into feasts and Sabbath, And I'm just beginning to reckon, as I bring this to a close right now, beginning to reckon in my heart with like, even just asking the question. We ate ate pork bacon every single morning of our life. Loved it. What big deal, right? It's not like I didn't know God. In one morning, I've already got two pieces eaten. I've got the next piece in my mouth. And I'm just dialoguing with my wife about food laws. In my understanding of what I've been taught, and I just remember sitting there, and I just began to cry, and I said, what if? 
What if this makes me unholy and unclean? What if this defiles me in the eyes of my father? And I put the piece down and I pushed the plate away. And I said, I'm never eating it again. I'm never going to eat it again. And I'm just going to see and I'm going to study to show myself approved. Because am I... Am I saying in any way in my heart that this food that is desirable to my stomach and to my eyes on this plate is in any way more important to me than being pleasing in the eyes of my Father? Are you kidding me? Burn it. I never want it again, and I'll never eat it again. Why? Because I'm going to be holy as He is holy. And friends, that is not a magic Jesus want. There is clean. There is unclean. And we're going to make that very clear in the next part. So thank you for watching. We're talking about Peter in Acts chapter 10. I'm not sure what we'll title it and all that. That stuff just doesn't matter. We'll just do one more part and make a conclusion. It'll be very simple. This is nothing complicated. This is no deep word study to find the truth. This is simple reading and discussion. If you have questions, reach out to us. Find us on Facebook. Message us on here. Post a public comment. Post a private message to us. Send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. People are wrestling with this right now, man. People are wrestling with what we presented with the Sabbath teaching. Anybody who is willing to say, you know what? I've got to ask some questions. Now, most people, most people we send this to, we don't hear squat from. Nothing. Nothing at all. Doesn't matter to most people. I, it doesn't matter, Joel, when I when I mark Fourth Commandment Day. The Fourth Commandment doesn't matter in my house. I don't understand, but there are people, there are people responding, not to me, not to this, responding to the voice of the Lord going out in this age to what? He's gathering his people. There's an end gathering. There's an end gathering, and it's awesome, and it's beautiful, and I can't believe I've been invited. Have you been invited? Yes. Come. But you come His ways. You come His ways. You don't walk into the bride. You don't walk into the bridegroom's chamber popping bacon in your mouth, friend. You don't, because He's not eating it. He never ate it. He'll never eat it. And He's the Lord of the Sabbath. We, not, we have to be careful with what we do and what we don't. I know people think we're too much. That's okay. I might be. I'd rather be too much than just <sighs> cruising in to the wedding feast. No, sir. Mm-mm. Doesn't happen that way. Thank you for watching. We'll be right back with part two right after this. This is the Path to Zion podcast. Amen.